You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, folks, to Kindred Spirits here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, gearing up for the NWSL season, and we got some uh, CUS Women's National Team cop talk to to get to as well. So it should be should be a fun show. John, how are you doing, my friend? How was I'm, your? I'm great. I'm great. This is we'll call this the 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 beginning of the season edition, training camp opening edition. <laughs> We're gonna actually have you know full length episodes coming up soon. Uh, games to talk about. Hopefully, <laughs> some free agent signings to talk about that are not currently signed spirit players i think you know we're on the cusp of this getting a lot more interesting so i want to i want to lay that out there for listeners thank you for plowing through the off season with us it's yeah. not it's a it's it's a thankless job on both sides <laughs> listener and podcaster to get through this but here we are on the cusp of a regular season and i'm happy about it ted it- aren't you <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm I'm extremely happy, um, and I'm especially more happy after watching the second game of a U.S. women's national team friendly uh, that had a lot of spirit representation, and uh, they looked good. Uh, they they looked They looked really good. We'll get into that in a minute. First, let's get into some spirit coverage. New contracts. I think everybody can be can rejoice in the in the signing of these new contracts. Anna Halfery, uh, Jordan Baggett, and Tara McKeone, uh, both two multi year uh, contracts. Good for the team to lock them in. I think they are they are unsung heroes and contributors to this team. Um, that when they are performing, this team kind of can be elevated a little bit. Um, Terry Mickey and Noel get, doesn't get a lot of the attention. It, it, she's in a very very crowded attack, um, but she's absolutely necessary once uh, once a lot of the national team players go off. So very very happy to have these players signed. Anything anything you want to drop about the players that have yeah. been signed? Yeah. So Anna Helferty again, obviously. Uh, played uh, uh, almost every game last. I think she started all but one game last year. I think if the the stats are right, or played in all but one game. Uh, so very dependable. She's she's almost Sam Staub levels of of Iron Woman. She's uh, gonna play, I believe, right back this year. I think that's where they. I think that's where they envision her. So I we talked about it last week. I'd love her to be further up the field. But she'd like to be on the field, I would assume, every every week. So with Kelly O'Hara departing to Gotham, I think I think that's that's pretty good. That's depending if they make some more changes uh, in the offseason, uh, that could change. But I think I think you could expect her to be in the same spot. Uh, Jordan Baggett is a player that I think I have heard uh, those around the team are expecting her to have her sort of real comeback. Last year, she was returning from injury did not really make a impact on the club uh, very much. Uh, so this is the year that they're hoping she's going to really anchor the midfield and really provide them with some other, op- you know, some other options between, you know, uh, Dorian Bailey, Andy Sullivan, uh, and, and any other players that they think are going to be sort of in that pivot six or eight position. How can we really shore that up? So that'll, that'll be good. Gabby Vincent. Uh, also, I don't think we covered this on the show, who thought was going to be that uh, had suffered with injuries all year and has now retired and now works in the front office of the spirit, which I did, <laughs> which I only found out because I read one of their newsletters and it was just mentioned in the newsletter. So I could have missed it. It's entirely possible. Uh, and then Tara McKeown, we've talked about, we had her, we had an interview with her earlier this month. I think, you know, Ashley Hatch is, uh, is the undisputed leader of the front line. As far as the goal scores, Tara has, she, you know, she has, uh, potentially she's sort of played a left wing when Ashley Hatch is on the field, but when she's not, she fills in that nine. Mm-hmm. I hope that her, her stress fracture in her foot heals soon. So she's ready to go. 
but that's a great that's a great signing to have. You know, along with the nine thousand forwards that the Spirit drafted uh, two weeks ago, uh, there will be competition for places, and that's good. We need we need some bodies, and we need some creative players. And Terry McKeown is like number one one A in that position. As Ashley goes to uh, national team duty, as I hope she keeps doing, uh, Tara will have her chances to to be to lead the line. So all good stuff. Uh, outside of the. Um Outside of the of the news that we've been seeing sort of on the signing front, uh, the Spirit have also been getting some uh, publicity for what they've been doing outside the front office in the training staff. Um, I believe it was a player, as Gabrielle Carlisle, talking about uh, wanting to stay with the Spirit, about the investment that's been happening uh, with the team and the ownership. Um, so I think th- those are all very, very good uh, very, very good signs, I think, for the for the team and for the and for the league. So, um, always good to have ownership that is willing to put up that type of money because I think that's been you talk about the one thing that's been really lacking in Nebuchadnezzar. I think we talked about it many, many times. So, um, I think they've talked about you know having a an actual like training staff that's more than just a couple a couple physios and that's really it. So, yeah, that's a, that's Gabrielle Carl, and uh, she also. Uh, is an Instagram. She's very big on Instagram. Make sure you follow her there. She's uh she's one of the more just follow her. It's, it's she's she's got an exciting, she's got a good social media manager if it's not her. Uh, but also there's an article on the Washington mm-hmm. about Don Scott. So talking about sort of what that what that transition has been like for those new players. Talked about the first time they're gonna have a in-house sports psychologist. They're now I just saw they have a hired on LinkedIn, there's a post for uh head of player success, I think they call it, mm-hmm. which is going to be off the field. I think it might, it might be like Rory Maleta, but for the spirit, I'm I'm not sure what the, but they're they're I think potentially to make sure that they are like seeing business opportunities and getting professional development. Mm-hmm. Again, this is above and beyond. This is, this has not been done for a sports club. Uh, Michelle Kang has a different idea about what she wants to provide here. And it's really interesting. And I, I'd love, to, I, 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 we talked about it last week, right? We we're talking about how they're constrained on what they can spend on a very, very tight budget from a salary cap perspective. What if you could make the team so desirable to come to because of the fringe, basically fringe benefits that are provided, non-monetary fringe benefits that you'll take a little bit less to come to the spirit. That's, I mean, th- that's it, a great business move. If that's what you can accomplish. You talk about you talk about many of the things that have plagued this league before we before we get into the coaches. It's been the sort of outside treatment. I think that there was a story I forget where it ran about about the Chicago Red Stars and how uh, how their organization was run. And you had a player that was traded there and basically was calling the office and like, hey, you know where where am I going to stay? I, I don't have a house. You know I'm supposed to play for you guys. I think eventually she had to like room with she had to stay with a more uh, a more a player in a player's house who was more prestigious and basically did not get <laughs> did not get housing until several weeks later. So I mean this has been a problem that has plagued this league. Um, you know you talk about you know she has some interesting ideas. I mean she's running this like like a like you would see on the men's side like common like bare minimum things you see from a full-sided professional men's men's soccer team are suddenly coming to the NWSL. And it's, it's, it's a little sad that it hasn't always been this way, that there wasn't always this development, but it is good to see that Michelle Kang, I think that's been the most, uh, for me, the the biggest story with the spirit this year 
um, has been, you know, obviously the, the poor, what happened last season, they, you know, trying to move past that. Um, I, you know, I've still have some concerns about hiring processes and kind of how all that came together. But what I am very excited about is that Michelle Kang said, you know, I want to turn this into a extremely professionally run outfit. And she is absolutely doing that with the hiring she's making. You know, she has made, she's made the deal to get this team into Audi field all season. She's gotten them, you know, access to the training facility um, to at least have a, a more professional space where they can train. So um, honestly, the, the, these are all good things to hear about uh, the spirit heading into the season. And honestly could make all the difference in how this team performs. Um, Cause you got a lot of, like you said, a lot of other teams aren't still aren't on this, on this trend. There may be a, a step behind that. So, you know, and also, you know, when players move away and they say, Hey, I got this offer to the spirit. What do you think? It's like, Oh man, they'll, they'll take care of you. Take it. Like you, they want you. Yeah, go ahead. Take it. Like <laughs> don't listen to anybody else. So um, good to see. Good to hear. Uh, good to hear from the, good to hear from the spirit. Um, any other spirit stuff? I did want to get into some of the, some of the United, United spirits performance in New Zealand. Uh, but anything else you wanted to drop sort of about uh, the team? Nope. Just the fact that uh, training camps start opening this week. The national team players that we're about to discuss are still on their way back and won't be there to start. Uh, but uh, also Javi, uh, uh, the the creative director for the spirit is moving on. Mm-hmm. You will have you will have recognized his work for DC United and then the spirit. Um, so wherever he's going next, congrats to him. Good luck. Yep. The spirit will have big shoes to fill on, on, on that front. Yep. Anything. Anytime you see a very cool uh, portrait of a DC soccer player. Usually in the past couple of years, it's been him. So that's uh, anything that's got a really cool stylistic bent to it. Basically, the pictures that you see us use for like our graphics. Thanks, Javi. <laughs> that's, that's, that's been that's been that's been that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get into but let's get into uh, let's get into the United States. Had a couple of uh, had a couple of friendly games against New Zealand. Uh, don't know if I want to talk necessarily so much about the first game. Uh, the first game did not go so well. I uh, also did want to talk a little bit and let, let's get into this real quick because I think the, this was sort of the first um, marquee broadcast of the new U.S. soccer uh, rights deal with Turner. Uh, the games were both on HBO Max. Did you uh, did you watch? Uh, and then also they've all they're now also I think the biggest the bigger news story is that they've all been bought uh, by NBC Universal, the Spanish language rights. So now the U.S. men's national team finally has a, a more dedicated Spanish language partner. They're all on Peacock. So if you. You know, a lot of people rebuff the idea of the HBO Max cost um, and the uh, obviously the cost for Peacock is much cheaper right now. Um, so I think that maybe and also can be broadcasted uh, on <laughs> in bars, which was another another big caveat. But uh, did you watch much of the uh, HBO broadcast? What I were did. some of your thoughts of it? I, I think you were tweeting about it. They were they they were definitely doing the NFL uh, <laughs> Fox Sunday uh like li- lining up the players and doing like fake fake plays. I love it. I I, I like it when they don't take themselves as seriously and have mm-hmm. fun. That's clearly you know the lesson has been learned by inside the NBA, uh, and on TNT. Like have fun, have a little edge to it. Say be somewhat controversial because again, I, you and I have talked about this before. It's weird for me to say this as a podcaster. I'm not one for sports uh, talking. <laughs> not really my thing. I don't really listen to it ever uh, at all. I just we just do it. I just do it. Uh, but the like the, the the show, the studio show for the NBA has shown like people want they don't want to just have you sit there straight face mm-hmm. and tell them what's going to happen in the game. 
they want us they want something fun and they're having fun they're trying yeah. they're i have i've had no notes from the start i was like this is good this is they need to do more of this i wish this i hopefully uh mls and apple have something similar lined up for for their yeah, season absolutely i mean the it, the graphics look professional the studio, I could tell some of it was definitely like in front of a, a green screen, but it wasn't so cheap and so not noticeable. They definitely did a good job of making it look, you know, I thought DeMarcus Beasley, I thought was good. Yep. Um, I thought a lot of the other commentators, obviously at the uh, the new play by play guy they got from TSN. I thought he was very good. I definitely mm-hmm. enjoyed what he had to say. I like Julie Fowdy. I think she does. She does. She does a decent enough job. I know there some people think she's a little bit behind on a lot of the um, a lot of the NWSL sort of storylines um i do i if you're like me i had a little bit of a double take i was like who's this mallory swanson character it took me like, a oh, second too <laughs> it's mallory it, pew so <laughs> i was i had my keyboard ready like to to ask twitter like who's this swan and then i was like wait a second i should google this first <laughs> yeah yeah so um so yeah so uh but she she showed well in these games um i i will say that, like i i did want to sort of talk a little bit this is sort of a weird deal normally like normally like obviously these these deal this deal for those of you who aren't aware and and maybe we're getting too much into the weeds here but I, i'm gonna do it anyway um <laughs> we the, in the, weed. <laughs> the if you're if you're curious as to why this is on like why tnt or why turner has this deal because i do think this kind of like i feel like this kind of like it was announced i think there was a i think nba had a whole like thing where they were announcing the deal but that was like that was a, a while back i think that was like summer during the NBA playoffs last year is when they made this whole announcement. So I think everybody had kind of forgotten that us soccer bought these rights. You didn't even know that the open cup games were going to be on HBO. <laughs> like nope. they're going to be on Turner now. Um, and this is because obviously for, for, for decades, and this is obviously what saved MLS was MLS uh, created soccer United marketing and they bundled the U S soccer rights with the uh, MLS rights. And so they were able to sell that sort of as a package deal and basically, these these were sort of used as games for Fox and ESPN, ESPN early days, Fox in the later days, to kind of uh, gear people up for the World Cup, gear people. So those games were always like, there was always advertisements for the World Cup. The weird thing about this tournament, though, is like, there's, there's going to be talk, obviously, about, oh, this is preparation for New Zealand, but there's not going to be like promos being like, Check out in the summer. We're gonna have the World Cup. Like Turner doesn't have that. So this Does Fox I found, have it. Uh, Fox has it. Yes, they do have. They have. They have both. They have both. Both the men's and women's uh, World Cup. So, um, interesting story about that that we don't have time for in the show about um, who maybe who'd be paying who on getting those rights. Um, but this is kind of a weird thing. Like they're gonna have the She Believes Cup, which I think is the more. But there's no actual like like competition based soccer. I guess there will be like and also the men are not qualifying for the um for the World Cup. So there's no like qualification games through 2026. And obviously I think this is a pretty long deal. So I think they will um I think it's like a seven year deal. So they will get at I some guess, point they will be playing competitive <laughs> games again. At some point, but again it's also going to be a 48 team World Cup where the competitiveness will not be as big. So it to me just strikes me it's kind of an odd deal for Turner I see it as Turner um, maybe trying to step back into uh, the soccer, the sports and soccer sphere. Um, they obviously had the the uh, UEFA Champions League rights and got a lot of criticism for that. I think this is kind of their step. They want to get back into soccer. They want to get back into uh, acquiring maybe some different soccer properties. They see this as a way to build the base, much like um, NBC did with the with uh, MLS 
much like ESPN has done for years as far as finding their talent. And then also then they can maybe take a second stab at sort of a, a bigger property. Not that U.S. soccer isn't a bigger property, but this is kind of like this is like obviously the big crown jewel is the World Cup, you know, the Copa America, the European Championships, all of those things. Buying like your team slate of CONCACAF friendlies, friendly tournaments and friendly games, not necessarily like big ticket items that people are going to to watch on like a regular basis. So this is this is all about driving new subscriptions to their app. Yeah, that's what this is. That's what the, HBO Max had had yet to do that element. It was all like, you know, we have uh, prestige television. We have some series that you like. We have White Lotus. Uh, we have we have some other Game of Thrones, that, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, but they had yet to do what Apple had done and realize the way that you get new people in that are not interested in your content is to steal what they <laughs> to steal what they would have bought somebody else for. And then they'll come and then they'll pay you money and they'll probably stick around because they'll want to get their value from, from their dollars. Yeah. So that, that this was, this was, these were rights that were available at the time and they went for it. I think we got lucky so far because they are, they're serious about putting on a good show and they're doing it in a good way. I don't think they even, I think it's kind of interesting. They don't, I don't think they really even care that there's no competitive games for a while because U.S. soccer heads will watch the games. Oh, even yeah. if they are friendlies against New Zealand uh, years, like, you know, a year out it, from them and, and are, it doesn't matter. And I, so this is this is a win, 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 I think, for everybody, except for people who don't want to pay for HBO Max. And, and I'm, you know, looking at the teams that are going to be in this year's She Believes Cup, which is Canada, Brazil, and Japan. Some pretty good talent. Some pretty good yep. teams are coming. I think the past couple times COVID have kind of limited the talent. So I think this is the first time they're able to sort of grab really, really good talent to sort of play. So I'm kind of fun for that. Um, let's get, I want to talk a little bit about the games. Um, I don't think we're going to go too, too in depth tactically about what we saw. We'll leave that for other people. But um, particularly the second game I want to talk about, because I think that's a game I probably paid the most cl- close attention to. Uh, Spirit players looked good. They looked like organized. You talk about like how flat the U.S. looked. A lot of people talked about how flat the U.S. looked in the first game. So uh, uh, the coach kind of flipped it up uh, and said, all right, we're going to go with a different lineup. Uh, Ashley Hatch was a late addition to the lineup. It would have been Alex Morgan, uh, but Alex was a late scratch with some tightness. And so they throw in Ashley Hatch. So uh, we're talking about, you know, what is um, and I can't think of the coach's name right now for this. Blacko. Blacko. What Blacko is thinking right now, um, you know, he is he thinking you know, it, I think that bodes well if you're talking about, you know, the limited number of matches coming up and the way they performed. I think it bodes well for all the spirit players that we think about being in the in the World Cup, making the World Cup roster. Except Ashley, for Ashley, Andy Sullivan. What's that? Except for Andy Sullivan. Putting Taylor Korniak as a six when she does not play that for her clubs, uh, hasn't played that. And she didn't look great in the first half of when she was doing that. She scored a goal in the second half, I believe, of the first game. I'm yeah. Really right. But uh, as far as a facilitator and midfield force, I wish Flacco would just say Andy Sullivan is it. We, we, we keep putting square pegs in round holes. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. You have to think, you have to think though, the fact that he's like, well, you know, here's a skilled player. I mean, this is the problem you have with the, with the U S women's national team. There's so much talent that you almost have to say like, well, I have this player, Taylor Korniak, who I think is a really talented player. She is a really talented player. I want to try to see if I can fit her into other roles. And if she's successful, then, you know, we have something here. She's like, not, Crystal Dunn, then, like Crystal Dunn left back. Is that why you're yep, getting it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting at. 
the only golden boot winner I've ever seen just flip to the flip to the wing back position. Um, I think ever in the history of soccer, I'm going to go ahead and say, <laughs> <Probably>. uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's sort of, it is sort of what you get with, you know, with this U S women's team. So, so I think it almost bodes well for Andy Sullivan that things didn't look well as soon as they slot Andy Sullivan in and then Andy Sullivan gets to start for the next game. And she plays again, very, very well. Um, I just actually, hope that no matter what she makes the, club right like yeah he doesn't see the six as like well i'll just i could put anybody in there like yeah learn learn your lesson there you got to at least bring one natural six yeah to 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 new zealand um but obviously i think i think both ashley hatch trinity rodman and particularly ashley sanchez that trinity rodman especially i was a little i was a little worried about her (laughs) i would say over the first like international game she got bodied uh and pushed around pretty bad and I think she's kind of, I think that was maybe a wake up call about, I need to be maybe a little bit tougher. I need to not, you know, I need to, you know, I don't want to say bulk up, but I need to, I need to show my play physically because that's, this, this isn't, this game is going to be played very physically. It's a different standard. It's a different yeah. style of play at the international level. And I yeah. think she's adapted incredibly quickly. Oh yeah. Incredibly quickly Two assists, um, two really nice assists, obviously Ashley Hatch with the goal. Uh, also, I believe, um, uh, Sanchez also had an assist as well. I think she played a really nice long ball. I remember that was the first of the second game. She got the snot kicked out of her in the second game. Oh, yeah. there, there was a there was a point in which she had a. I think it would look like a, maybe a knee to knee, but I thought maybe it was a twist. And I was about to throw my iPad through my television if she was having a <laughs> knee injury in this friendly because she looked she looked like she was in major major pain. Uh, and then I, I think I tweeted I was like I hate international soccer again. I don't I don't need the stress <laughs> in my life. Uh, but she made it on scathe. She was, uh, I probably not, not super sharp. I think she was, I think she was pressing a little bit. I think mm-hmm. she was, she had an opportunity to score. She had an open net, uh, and, and shot directly at the goalkeeper. Uh, Trinity, I think Trinity showed the best in that second game from a full game perspective, Ashley scored obviously, which is what you want and open the scoring. She also missed a, a slam dunk opportunity that she should have scored. Trinity did as, as well. Uh, but I I like seeing Trinity in a position where she is not the most gifted player on the field for both sides. Like she often is in NWSL games. Mm-hmm. I think she is even more dangerous because of that, because she's not the focal, the only focal point you saw games in NWSL last year where they knew like, I'm just going to kick the crap out of Trinity and she, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get her out of her head. And then she's going to be ineffective because they have no other attacking vector on the wings that can hurt us. So that'll be it. And she now that's, I think she is, I think she's exponentially more dangerous because of that. Right? Like I think her mindset is different and the, the supporting cast is so much different where she will not get marked out of games and kicked out of games because they'll be like, all right, well, Oh, we can only go to 10 other of the best players in the world (laughs) to make a difference. It's, it's wild. I I'm really, really excited to see her, uh, you know, just take off, just, just go crazy in this world cup. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. I think she'll definitely she will definitely make the roster. I guess let's give uh let's give maybe uh uh let's go, let's go through the list here. I want I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, Trinity Rodman, I think we're both a yes. Yeah. Ashley Hatch, yes or no on the roster? Well, that's tougher, right? Yeah. I think that that's that's the iffy one, and it's not fair because when she plays, she scores. Uh, yeah. I think it'll I think it'll depend on people's health coming into that part of the season and and form. And I, if she if she makes it, she's going to be probably a reserve. Um, yeah, which is so hard. I mean, we talked about it first time we talked to her. I said, what did Vlaco ask of you? She's like score goals in the league. And then she won the golden boot and then she came and then she got call ups and then she scored in almost every game she plays. 
So the bar is high. And yeah. What is Alex Morgan's status? What is Sophia Smith's status? What, what you know? There's a lot of things. Lynn Williams. Lynn you Williams? talk about, Yeah, Kristen Press as well. Another yep. name who's kind of who's been you know, they picked up a significant injury. So if she comes back and she starts scoring and flying, flying in the goals, it's going to be really hard to keep her out of the out of the out of the team. So a lot of competition in that spot. Um, the actually, spirit benefit the spirit benefit from that. I would say the, the whole league's going to benefit. Yeah, this is a I, there's a line right between playing safe to not get injured for the world cup, which could hurt the, the, the field, but the players who were on the bubble are going to be trying to, to kill everyone uh, <laughs> in the beginning part of the season. So that is going to, from a spirit perspective with the amount of players we have that are, that are in that camp, it's going to be, you know, look out. This should, this should be a good first half of the season. Yeah. Ashley Sanchez. <sighs> yeah. I think Vlaco loves her. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a matter of a matter of fit. Right. I think, figuring out a way to get her on the field with the other weapons that are on there. I think yes. Yeah. And then of course, uh, Andy Sullivan, I think she makes it. I think she, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I think both her and hatch are more dependent on other choices that are made and, and the health of people. But I think if Flacco has, uh, you know, five brain cells in his head, bopping around, he should realize that that is a player. You gotta, there's not another player that you want, that you can bring in that spot that, that is as ready and in and in camp and ready to go. And and has been healthy than Andy, so you know we love her. Uh, so we hope that she goes. Yeah, and I th- and I think you gotta you gotta talk about. I think you gotta talk a little bit about like chemistry up top. I don't know. The team just looked so good because there play. There were a lot of players that have played together. Uh, you talk about Mally Swanson spent a lot of time with Andy Sullivan, a um, mm-hmm. little bit of time with with Ashley Sanchez. Um, you know, you talk about uh, unless so Crystal Dunn, she left kind of before that. Uh, but I mean, you talk about that uh, and uh, uh, also Rose, Rose Lavelle, Lavelle as well, <laughs> who spent a lot of time with Andy Sullivan. I mean, you got to think of that as you want to get chemistry. I think what, what's been what's been so worrying for the U.S. Uh, women's team is that they've looked very disjointed. They have not looked in sync. Um, and I think that is a casualty um, of sort of a transitional state that the team is in right now. So I don't know. I, I don't know if, if you look at, you know, players who can play well together, who know each other, who play in the club, you have the, if the Washington spirit are flying this season, if they're top of the table, I mean, why wouldn't you have that as a, you know, here are players we can throw in who are going, who are very good and who know each other and can understand each other and can be in sync. And we can really sort of take this, uh, we, we can maybe be more in sync. I thought I thought the game the the game the second match when the when the spirit players were out there was the most in sync that the U.S. had looked um, in a long while. Um, so I don't know something to think about. Something yeah, to think about if you're a coach, we, and uh, that just means that the spirit played the Challenge Cup with all of their draftees. <laughs> Hey, hey, you know, I, I'd be at least happy. Not I, the, we just we just talked about it on the United 96. At least this is not the League's Cup. Yeah, we can we can treat the Challenge Cup with utter <laughs> disdain and not really lose anything. I think exactly. that's a good thing to think about. Exactly. Um, Brooklyn, let's get to some listener questions. And uh, we're going to Brooklyn sooner. Ask uh, any potential signings in the world. Central de- defense, for example. I hope so. We. I, I think I promised <laughs> that I would shave lines in my eyebrow if they didn't do it. So certainly I hope so for my aesthetic. Uh, but you know we're not. Th- we we talked about this in the United ninety six episode. Uh, the casualty of Black and Red United is is gonna. We we didn't talk about it on this show. I guess we can really quickly. Um, well, we'll come back to it. But basically, like there is very little paper talk about NWSL. Uh, basically, uh, Meg Linehan talks about it 
on Twitter and then it happens. And that's about the lead up. Uh, like in, for instance, the trade today in North Carolina with Abby Ursig and Carson Pickett uh, to racing Louisville for Emily Fox. Like that was a, she broke that and then it happened. Other than that, there isn't, there's no Taylor Twelman in NWSL. There's no, no. like, there's no uh, Tom Bogert. You, you think about the Emily Sonnet trade that literally nobody, maybe maybe some people were thinking like maybe that's something that would happen. Uh, but then like literally, I think it got someone, I, I have to imagine somebody just overheard it on the draft floor. And then they were like, oh, I think Sonnet's going to get traded here. So that's, I mean, that's the level of immediacy. Um, there's just not not the attention, not the focus. And it makes these shows, I'm sorry, a little bit of a drag because we don't have concrete rumors that we can talk about with players coming in. We don't have a, we don't have a news media even outside. The, you know, we get a lot of our stuff from outside of uh, outside of the of the states when it, when a player is being looked at. That's where we got uh, Mohanad. That's where we got. Um, you know, we talk about Matias Click. We got that from some outside areas. Like there isn't that attention that's being paid to a lot of those uh, a lot of those areas. So. So yeah, um, it is what it is. We're, we're doing our best to to cover to cover the the league, but we we do, we have zero inside information. We have zero. There are zero rumors that we know about <laughs> players yeah. that are coming. Yep, none. Uh, before we wrap up, we talked about it on United ninety six, uh, but Black and Red United, which was the uh, one of the only independent outlets that was covering the Spirit, is being uh, no longer supported or monetized by Vox Media by by March first. Uh, that is a big kick for uh, fans of Andre Carlisle and Annie Elliott, who covered the spirit. Andre had covered them for multiple seasons. So we saw him in the press box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked there. There's a there's a paucity of outlets covering DC United, but even more so the spirit. I think the club, the club, the club realizes uh, that. Case in point, Ted Nye's inability to tell you anything about potential signings, you know, and we hear things about the club, like the players, because I'm I'm around the, I'm around the club somewhat, but beyond that, like abs- absolutely not, no way that that's just not happening. So uh, that's a big loss. I, I make sure I've, I'm sure if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you are also following Andre on Twitter. Uh, he has put a link to the survey that basically says. Uh, do you want to keep reading us somewhere else? And would you pay us money to do it? Um, and we encourage you to do that. Both those things support them, support all of your local options, be they podcast or website. Uh, this, you know, I, I, I've loved being in the press box, but dirty little secret is I don't write about the team. I use it to be more educated about <laughs> the games and be a better podcaster, you know, do post game conferences sometimes and, and, and talk to fans. But uh, they're, they're the ones writing the gamers. They're the ones doing review. We used them last week. They're the ones talking about all of the draftees and, and like information about them. Uh, they're indispensable to podcasters, to fans. So, uh, I hope that they, I hope that they find a way to keep covering the spirit. I'm sure they will. Andre will start a blog spot if necessary. <laughs> I have no doubt. So yeah, this, but- <laughs> good luck to them. Uh, we want to see them flourish. Is blog spot still around? Maybe yeah, maybe they're gonna maybe they'll do Tumblr. I don't know the live journal. <laughs> Tumblr is Tumblr still. Tumblr's around. A, Tumblr is around. It's on okay. my phone. I brought it back when Twitter was getting weird. Uh, but yeah, you could live journal. They'll do something. Message in a bottle. Figure it out. Make sure you support uh, them. Support us. Support them. Support everybody. 
John, you just aged yourself. Aged I'm yourself old, so Ted, much. And your birthday's next week. You're also getting old. Uh, so I'm getting old. This is true. Right. This is very, very true. Uh, the gap will always stay the same. However, the window <laughs> shifts. Everton window shifts. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with with some news. Uh, we're the, also they'll be in camp. The, the, the players will be in camp. There will be yes. stories. Yes. Boy, I, there might even be media availability. I might be able to talk to Mark Parsons. There you go. Say, Can we get some center backs? What's going on with that? <laughs> I may ask that question. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, we'll, you know, we'll continue bringing the coverage. We'll continue bringing the news. Um, again, thank you all so, so, so much for the support. And you guys give this show. Um, I think when John and I took took this on to cover the spirit, uh, if we thought, oh, this will be, you know, we we can do this, and uh, it it it's a lot, it's a lot to cover so many teams in 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 the DMV. So, um, thank you guys again, all for all the support you guys give us. It certainly keeps us going and keeps us wanting to to continue to cover to cover both DC United and the Washington Spirit. Um, thank you guys so so much for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, next week. Vamos, vamos. <laughs>